My name is Keith Beavers, and I was listening to a classic rock playlist the other day, and I was jamming out like Led Zeppelin and all this stuff, and then Guns N' Roses came on? What's going on, wine lovers? Welcome to episode 8 of Vine Pair's Wine 101 podcast. My name is Keith Beavers. I am the tasting director of Vine Pair. Vine Pair Keith on Insta. What's up? The sommelier, the psalm, that person, that position. What is it? We've hear, we hear it all the time these days. It's blown up. we got to talk about the history of the sommelier. Today's episode of Wine 101 is brought to you by Oren Swift. Like the sommeliers we're talking about today, Oren Swift hits the trail first, finding the best grapes and making their own rules in wine. I mean, just wait till you see those labels. On the outside, mystery. On the inside, mastery. Because Oren Swift wine is every bit as intriguing as the label. To check out Oren Swift and other wine we talk about on Wine 101, follow the link in the episode description to thebarrelroom.com. Okay, wine lovers, um, this episode is going to be really cool. <laughs> this is great. Um, I, I got to say right up front, I am not a sommelier. I've never been one. I I actually, instead of doing that, I ended up just uh, buying a restaurant and opening a wine shop. And that meant that there was no room or time for, for me to become a sommelier ever. Um, but I am self-taught. I do have a lot of friends that are sommeliers. I've, of course, been interacting with them for years. And it's funny, I actually would watch the Psalms work and I would basically copy them. (laughs) And I would do at my restaurant what I saw them do. Not 100%, but I picked little things here and there to use at my restaurant to teach my staff to make it look kind of (laughs) cool. We'll get into all that. But one thing I've always been fascinated with is the history of this position or this term sommelier sommelier i'm probably honestly honestly as usual i'm probably butchering the pronunciation sommelier sommelier oh okay stop keith stop these days we just say som it's you know the abbreviation for the sommelier and i think it's been going on going on for a long time but in 2013 there was a documentary that came out called som about this whole industry and the the becoming a sommelier and that stuck. So now we all just say Psalm, which is a lot easier because sommelier, I mean, I, I don't, again, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right, but I might be saying Psalm the rest of this episode. <laughs> it's kind of hard to start talking about this position, this, this thing called the Psalm, because it's, it's evolving as I speak. And, and it's, a, it's a unique sort of position um, in the wine world because initially... It was intended specifically for fine dining, and that comes from the basically invention of restaurants, which I'm going to get into in a second, but that's changing. Um, Fine dining is not the only place these days where you'll find a person referred to as a psalm or sommelier. It's like the term, the position is evolving in in front of our eyes. I started seeing the sommelier coming out of fine dining and going into different restaurant spaces back, I think in New York, like around 2008, it's kind of built and built and built from there. But before we talk about the modern day Psalm or sommelier, let's talk about how this all started. 
Where did the word come from? Where did the position in a restaurant come from? How did this all begin? Well, the word is very old, but the position in restaurants is not as old as the word. Let me explain. The word sommelier is thought to come from a Middle French word meaning an official charged with the transportation of supplies. So this person was, this is like just, this is the 14th and the 15th, 14th through the 16th century is Middle French. And this is when we're just coming out of, sort of like coming out of the Middle Ages. And there were still lords and ladies and the feudal system. And so this official was in charge of literally transporting supplies either into the kingdom, out of the kingdom, or the court, or whatever. Now, we say supplies, but if you go back even further to what is called Old French, and this is a language that was around up to the 14th century, so we're talking like in the meat of the Middle Ages, the word sommelier was used for an official that specifically took care of, transported, and maintained pack animals, or livestock, because the word sommier means pack animal. We can even go back to medieval Latin. That's like 600 to 500 AD, where the word saugmarius, S-A-U-G-M-R-I-U-S, I'm probably butchering that, stemmed from the word sagma, which is from late Latin, 200 to 600 AD, which basically means pack saddle. If you want to get nasty, we're going to go all the way back to the Greeks, where they had a word that I don't know how to pronounce. It's something like satin, S-A-T-T-E-I-N, which means to pack stuff. So the, I guess the, the, the beginning to the end, the evolution of this word is kind of in the vein of maintaining an inventory, if you will. And that's all really old. So the word sommelier was evolving and being used through the 16th century. But the word sommelier to be used in restaurants, we don't see that until the early to mid 1800s in Paris. Specifically, from what I have read, 1829 is the first reference to sommelier in a restaurant in Paris. How did we get there? So I don't want to go into a full history of the restaurant, but if you ever want to look into it, it's a very fascinating research journey in that restaurants really started in the 1100s AD over in China and in Japan. But for our purposes, we're talking about how the sommelier, or the Psalm, now Psalm, sommelier, began. And that happens in Europe. And although England had its own sort of evolution, it's in France that we really see the evolution of what we know today. And by the 1800s, by the early 19th century, there had been a couple things happening in France where you had the word restaurant is said to come from a specific boulanger or it's a, it was a soup restaurant. And on the signs at this restaurant, he called them restorative to restore restore, restaurant, restorative. See, see what I'm saying there? In addition to that, there were these, I can't really pronounce it in French. I don't, I'm not, I don't know if I want to try, but it was called a host's table. And it was sort of the first prefix or pre-fee menu where you would sit down at 1 p.m., all paid up and on time, and food would come out and courses. And it was more of a lunch thing. 
So that's how it all kind of, that, that was, that wasn't the evolution of the restaurant so much as it was a, became a tradition that as restaurants came about, it persisted and became part of a restaurant's culture and the prefix. And the legend, legend has it that the way restaurants really began in Paris was after the French Revolution. You had a lot of chefs that were unemployed because they were previously employed by the aristocracy, which no longer existed. So these chefs would either look for jobs in Paris or open up their own restaurants. And that says to me, I mean, I like that idea. Um, there are other theories, but that's my, that's the most fun one. <laughs> and it really is the one that goes straight to what we're talking about today. And this is just a theory of mine, but if we think about the sort of characteristics of the stereotypical French restaurant that has the name of the chef as the restaurant kind of gives me the sense of how this all got started. And if you think about it, the chefs were at one time uh, probably pairing wine with food, and maybe there was a sommelier in these aristocratic homes. We don't know. I don't know. But what's interesting is as these chefs started their restaurants, this is where menus were began to evolve. And also where wine cellars began to evolve because this is France. Wine is important and restaurants had basements and that's usually where the wine went. And that evolved as well from just barrels of wine to eventually when the English started really inventing this strong glass, glass bottles started happening and the chef may have a relationship with some chateaus or some domains and that's how they would get wine. And this is how the inventories of wine would build up and eventually wine lists came about. This was sort of the beginning of fine dining. And if you think about it, this is not, we start getting into like the late 1800s and we're moving towards the first world war. This is the Belle Epoque era in, in, in France and in Paris specifically. And this is when restaurants and fine dining sort of came into itself. Some of the most famous restaurants in Paris, some that are still there opened around this time. So with a dense urban population, with restaurants becoming very popular, with just people spending money left and right, wine cellars are getting bigger, there needed to be somebody that could help maintain that. Because the chef was usually the owner of the restaurant. And I'm sure there were servers, one or two. I'm sure it started as the chef and then a server came about. But then servers were busy doing the work of serving the customers and I'm sure running down into a dank, old, cold cellar with bottles that are really not labeled that well wasn't something the servers were spot on to do. So this is where the sommelier comes in. Someone specifically to deal just with wine. And as wine, as fine dining got more popular, this position became more popular. Now, I'm sure there's a, a very specific history in some of the curriculums out there that, that people use to become certified sommeliers, but this position grew and grew to the point that in 1907, the, the union of French sommeliers was formed. Now, this has gone through a bunch of iterations. It's merged with other organizations, and but the, the point of it was... Fine dining had gotten so popular and so important that this particular position in the restaurant had to have some sort of curriculum 
to help. I mean, we're not talking about a law degree or anything like that, but it was it needed some sort of guidelines to get people on board with fine dining and how it all works to kind of uniformly create what this position was. So traditionally, the sommelier position was for fine dining. And to this day, it's primarily geared towards fine dining. Of course, there's different sommelier uh, associations throughout the world, but it is very focused on fine dining. And the the job of a sommelier starts in that atmosphere, if you will. And what they usually do is they, they are on the floor and they have knowledge of every wine available in the establishment. And then when a server takes the food order, they send over the sommelier who will then talk to the customers about what they're eating and what kind of wine they might want. And once that conversation is done, it's the psalms or sommelier's job to make sure that the wine ordered is served correctly within this sort of guidelines that they spent time learning. The psalm would or will bring the wine and present it to the guests at the table before the wine is even open to make sure that there has been no sort of misunderstanding between that conversation that was had for pairing food or whatever. Sometimes the guest is even asked to actually feel the bottle to ensure that it's at the right serving temperature. And even if the customer doesn't know that, it's a really awesome gesture because like, oh, okay, this is a thing. This is cool. And then traditionally, the bottle should be open in public. It should be open within view of either the table or just like out in the restaurant. And if the wine needs to be decanted, that also should happen in public. It usually happens over towards the bar station, but it can also happen tableside as well. And then the psalm will come over with the wine, decanted or not, and will do a sort of, uh, what's it called? Like a, a second confirmation where they'll pour you a little bit of wine in the glass so you can smell it. And again, like, okay, yes, this is it. You walked away, you opened the bottle. We did see you do that, but now you're putting the glass in the, the wine in the glass so I can smell it. Cool. This is a great time for you to be like, oh, it's quartz, something's wrong with it, or oh my God, this is wonderful, you're a great psalm. And some restaurants have multiple psalms and they'll have a head psalm. And that head psalm's job is usually, sometimes the restaurant owner will do it. If the chef is a restaurant owner, if there's actually just a restaurant owner who loves wine, They'll do all the buying, but usually the sommelier's job is to buy wine for the wine list, to compile a wine list, make it interesting, uh, you know, distri- distribute the, 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 the prices well, and then keep stocked and maintain the wine cellar to make sure that all the wine is stored properly. Also, the sommeliers often in fine dining uh, tasked with being part of the pre-shift meeting. The chef will come out and talk about the dish specials and everything like that so that the servers can write them down. And then the sommelier might come out and taste the staff on a wine to educate them on wine in general or to say, hey, this is a great wine that will pair with this specific special the chef has. And that's generally what the sommelier does. And, you know, it's, it's a really important job in fine dining because the hustle and bustle of fine dining is so intense and there's so many layers to it that having someone there to be like, hey, here's a little bit of an oasis. I'm here to take a moment and talk to you about the wine. It's almost like a welcome pause in a crazy dining scene to get you excited about the next part of dining, which is the wine that goes with the food. That's my favorite part. And these days, if you want to become a sommelier, 
there are multiple ways to do so. There are a, there is a growing list of schools you can attend to get some sort of certification saying that you have this experience. There is the actual Court of Master Sommeliers. There is the International Sommelier Guild, the North American Sommelier Association. Of course, there's the, the, the French Union of Sommeliers that still exists today. And now there's an Italian one, which is, I think, in 1960s it was developed. It's the Association of Italian Sommeliers. But there are also organizations that don't have the word sommelier in them, but will give you the same experience of those other schools, sort of, in a way. You have the International Wine and Spirits Guild, the National Wine School, and the most popular one right now is the Wine and Spirits Education Trust, which is a tutoring system developed so that anyone can get knowledge about wine and they may go into the restaurant business, but they may actually go into other parts of the wine industry as well. It's just to gain knowledge. So an official certified sommelier's job is to know a lot about wine in general, but even more so a lot about the wine that they serve in their current job in fine dining. That's really where the core is. And it's actually evolved a little bit in sort of the, the more, uh, the older um, some sommelier schooling curriculums, They've expanded into cocktails, cigars, sake, spirits in general, sometimes coffee. It really is about literally fine dining and what happens in that environment and how much that person can take on. But in the end, it does all go back to the root of this word. The psalm, the psalm's job is a very social job, but it is fundamentally maintaining an inventory and then taking that inventory to the public and helping the public understand that inventory and enjoy that inventory and pairing with what's coming out of the kitchen. Now, I again, I'm not a sommelier, but I owned a restaurant for 10 years and I it was a wine bar restaurant. Wine is my jam, obviously. So I was the one that bought wine. I designed the wine list. I made sure it was awesome. I stored it properly. So I did a lot of the things sommeliers do, but I never got certified. So I cannot be called a sommelier. I am not a sommelier. And the fundamentals of the sommelier job are, are things that I did, but there is more to being a psalm than just what I did. Like I said, it goes into all other things like cocktails and, and stuff like that. So there are going to be people in restaurants out there doing the job of the psalm, but by no means are they called some sommeliers unless they go through one of these certifications? And what's cool is as restaurants are evolving, which they always are, I mean, restaurants evolve every decade, if not sooner, the sommelier, the psalm, is not no longer the, the picture everyone has of someone in a suit with a chain around their neck and a little cup that they use to sip and sample the wine to make sure it's not corked or whatever, that's changed. Uh, every from, from casual restaurants to fine dining, sommeliers are there. If you are a restaurant owner and you have a wine list that you don't want to maintain, you will hire a sommelier to help. And then that sommelier will be the only psalm in the place or it'll be a couple psalms under them. So it's always evolving. But for now, this is the history 
of the sommelier. Find Parakeith is my Insta. Rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. It really helps get the word out there. And now for some totally awesome credits. Wine 101 was produced, recorded, and edited by yours truly, Keith Beavers, at the Vine Pair headquarters in New York City. I want to give a big old shout out to co-founders Adam Teeter and Josh Mallon for creating Vine Pair. And I mean, big shout out to Danielle Grinberg, the art director of Vine Pair, for creating the most awesome logo for this podcast. Also, Darby Seaside for the theme song. Listen to this. And I want to thank the entire Vine Pair staff for helping me learn something new every day. See you next week. Gallo Winery is excited to sponsor this episode of Vine Pair's Wine 101. Gallo always welcomes new friends to wine with an amazing wide range of favorites ranging from everyday to luxury and sparkling wines. I mean, Gallo also makes award-winning spirits, but you know, this is a wine podcast. So whether you're new to wine or an aficionado, Gallo welcomes you to wine. We look forward to serving you enjoyment in moments that matter. Cheers. Visit BarrelRoom.com today to find your next favorite where shipping is available.